0: November Fourteenth, 1859, Curlsville, Pennsylvania. Mary May Luke to Philip W. Pringle. Dear Philip, it is with pleasure that I take up my pen this evening to answer your kind letter, which I received on the 10th and learned from its contents that you are well. I'm getting along well at the present time and I hope that these few lines will find you in the same state of health. Oh, Philip, nothing can tell how much I think of you you were never out of my mind ten minutes through the day nor night only when I'm sleeping if you but knew how I love you that I had the privilege of leaning my head on your dear arms once more it would be my heart's delight I cannot write as I would like to but if, if my heart could speak or write I, I think this would be a much better letter I dreamed of you last night I am truly yours Mary M. Luke
1: January 23rd, 1860. Dear Mary, it is with the greatest of pleasure that I have taken my pen in hand to let you know that I got home Friday night safe and sound. I feel to rejoice to hear that you are well and still remain mine in the bonds of love. Mary, you wanted to know if I told anyone we are to be married. I told everyone. (laughs) When I got home, every person wished me happiness. I thanked them all. Mary, I am at a loss how to write or how to express myself but my love to you shall never fail. I remain yours truly, Philip W. Pringle.
0: Oh dear, I would not have set that date for our marriage if I had known that another one would have suited you better. As far as it being good luck in the light of the moon, I never heard that before. Philip, please tell me where we are going to live, if you know. Oh, I don't know what is the matter with me. I I feel so anxious.
1: Now Mary, do not worry. I will be up there on the 11th in good time to see you and talk with you and plan the day. It's with you I mean to spend my days on Earth. I will be your constant companion, shielding you as best I can from the storms of life.
0: Oh, Philip, I feel like I don't have a care in the world. Together we will dwell in peace and harmony and joy. Nothing can interfere with the pleasure and happiness I feel today.
2: John Luke to Mary Luke Pringle Dear Daughter I set myself down to let you know that we are all well at present for which we are thankful to the good Lord for his mercies. You cannot tell how glad we were to see you. We wish you fond happiness in your life together. You and Philip departed just as the roads got bad. The stage cannot get along now. They have to carry the mail on horseback. The times is very hard at present on account of the money being so scarce. There is no work to be done here. Some are going out to the mountain to make barrel staves. Tell Philip I think Lincoln will make a fine president, but he has his troubles ahead with all the unrest in our country today. We hear Georgia and Alabama might leave the Union. No more at present. Remain ever yours, your affectionate father.
0: April 14th, 1861. Dear Mama, I take up my pen this day to drop you a few lines. Philip and baby Luella are well, but there are a great many sick in this community with the smallpox. We just heard the news of the attack on Fort Sumter. I feel so sorry for our poor country. Philip thinks this rebellion will turn into war, but the the president promises there will be no bloodshed. You must excuse me for not writing sooner as the creek has been very high for some time and is not fordable now, but I will send this as soon as I can. Your loving daughter,
3: January 22nd, 1862. Army of the Potomac. Dan W. Luke to Mary Pringle. Dear Sister Mary, I have answered the president's call for volunteers to help crush the rebellion. He says this will be a short but decisive war. Let us swear by the great eternal that our cause is just. Mary, we are now encamped on the banks of the Potomac. It is quite a sight. Hundreds of neatly arranged white tents on the shore of this beautiful stream. We are nearly 200,000 men. Your letter finds me in good health, only my feet is a little cold. The drums are beating for roll call, so I must go. Remember me to Philip and all the friends and write soon. February
4: 11th, 1862. Company G, 12 regulars, USA. Fort Hamilton, Brooklyn, New York. Martin Pringle Jr. to Philip W. Pringle. Dear brother, your letter found me well and more than usually glad to hear from you. First, I must tell you that I am getting along just fine doing my patriotic duty for the Stars and Stripes and training for battle, but the weather is very rough here, wet and raining and the ground is covered with ice. Second, I am enjoying good health, although I am run out of money, but we'll get paid next week and then I shall have some again. Philip, I wish you could see into our room at mealtime. It would make you laugh to see all them six-footers grabbing for everything and not getting anything at last. What a sight. Right soon. How is the weather there? I remain your affectionate brother, Martin. Kiss little Luella for me. P.S. Please excuse all mistakes
3: and bad spelling. Oh, what glorious news of our army in Missouri and Kentucky. The surrender of Fort Donelson, the capture of Roanoke Island by General Burnside, and the destruction of Elizabethtown is no small matter and it will surely cause a terrible confusion in the rebel army. You should hear the shouts of joy here. Brass bands are playing all over camp. A Few more such victories and you will see Dan Luke at home.
4: Woo! We have some splendid times here. Last Saturday, G&E Company had a great fight. None of our boys was hurt, but some of the other company was almost killed. A few of our boys are in the guardhouse handcuffed. It happened that I was on guard and so I was not in the scrap, but I keep out of such. Philip, I have yet to take my first drink in the state of New York and intend to remain so, although there are many enticements to drink and play cards, from which I refrain. Now I want you to write me and tell me all about your news and the weather.
3: I hear a great deal about folks being dissatisfied with the inaction of the Army of the Potomac, of which I would say that they are entirely ignorant of the plans of the government and know nothing at all about the condition of the weather here. I think McClellan is right. We should not be rash or impatient in our undertaking.
4: (sighs) We are kept mighty strict here. We had another inspection this morning, and we were all very busy getting ready. We had everything put up real nice. Our guns and brasses glistened. It was a caution. We also had the Articles of War read to us, and was informed that we are to leave in less than ten days for Washington.
3: The boys got tight in the head, and (laughs) there was a great time of it. July 5th, 1862 camp at Harrison's Landing, Virginia, 15 miles from Richmond. Mary, dear sister, the battles have begun. For seven long days and nights, we have been fighting the rebels, all the time without sleep and nothing to eat but crackers and such. We whipped the enemy and drove them off the field at the point of our bayonets, but oh, what a sight it was. All over the field lay the dead and the dying, smothering in their own blood, crying for water. They lay four or five deep where our grape and shell cut them down like grass. It seems too terrible to talk about. After the fight, General McClellan rode along our lines. He was just as muddy as some old grave gravedigger. Every man that could speak yelled out at the top of his voice. Napoleon was never received with more enthusiasm.
2: September 24th, 1862, Sharpsburg, Maryland. Isaac M. Edelbright to Mr. P.W. Bringle. Dear sir, we were encamped on the late Antietam battlefield. Calvin Edelbright got his arm shot off at the charge on South Mountain. There was about 20,000 rebels killed where I am now, and there was about three or 4,000 wounded. Every barn and hog pen and outhouse and everything else is full of them, and we took about 8,000 prisoners at this last fight. I tell you what, them old cannons did crack sharp. Give my best respects to all inquiring friends. I wish you would send me some tobacco, if you please, and when I get my money, I will send you to pay for it.
3: May 18th, 1863. You have probably heard by now about our terrible loss at Chancellorsville. Calling up men for only nine months was the greatest mistake our government ever made. Now General Hooker's army is almost all broken up. Hooker would have had the grandest victory, but for the cowardice of the 11th Army Corps. At the first appearance of the enemy, they throwed down their arms and ran away, disgracing our entire army. It was mostly German, and wouldn't fight underbody nobody but Siegel. They deserve nothing but shame and dishonor. Phil, I'm very glad your patriotism remains high. But you must stay back, and take care of your wife, and little Luella, and the baby. We must conquer, and we will.
4: I would have written sooner, but I had no paper. The rebel cavalry made a dash on our pickets the other night and wounded and took prisoners. But we fought back with the infantry and some flying artillery, and those rebels sure had to hunt for their holes double quick. Tell Mary all the boys are getting boxes from home, and I have some notion to send for one. But I suppose it would be too much trouble. I must close. Kiss little Sadie and Luella for me. Pray for me, dear brother. M. Pringle. Junior write soon and tell me all about your weather
3: July 15th 1863 I suppose you have heard all the particulars of the Gettysburg fight and I will not wear your patience by giving you another detail I will only say that we held full possession of the field I do not think the rebels will be invading the north again it was a victory so long desired but terrible were the sights there to behold Never was our army moved with such promptness and skill as in our last campaign under the supervision of the brave and gallant Meade. May success crown his efforts and victory crown our banners and a speedy but honorable peace be the final result.
4: The president's draft call is meeting with resistance. They are drawing lots to see who will go. I hear some are paying money so they don't have to go. Now Philip, I pray you are passed over by the draft.
3: Mary. I sympathize with you in having to be frantic that your husband was called up for the draft. But remember that he is only obeying the great laws of his country, second only to the laws of God. Do not worry. The war will soon be over and he will come home before long.
4: Oh, brother, you're in for it now. No use trying
1: to get out of it. Keep up good courage. The rebellion must be crushed. July 29, 1863. Dear wife. I take my pen to let you know that I am well, for which I feel thankful to God. And I hope these few lines will find you all in good health. I am in Camp Howe, about two and a half miles up the Monongahela, above Pittsburgh, in a very fine place and good quarters. I have a good suit of clothes, no more at this time, but remain yours, P.W. Pringle. Give the dear little girls a kiss for me.
3: Phil? Phil? I would rather the draft had missed you, but it has fallen upon you to serve your country and to protect the glorious cause of freedom. The star-spangled banner shall wave in triumph over the graves of slaughtered brothers who fell nobly defending our country.
1: Mary, we moved from Camp Howe to Camp Copeland, near Braddock's Field, ten miles above Pittsburgh. There are others of drafted men in camp. I enjoy myself very well, for there are good many here that I know. We are in a field near an apple orchard in good water. Did you hear of Martin yet? Uh, please let me know who was drafted at Summerhill. Let me know if father has cut that bee tree yet and, and if there were any more swarms. How are the girls getting along? And, and let me know what Luella says about me being away. It may be that I will be home sometime this fall.
0: Oh, Philip, I miss you so. Your brother Henry sends you his sympathies. He has invited us to a family gathering at his place in a few weeks. Will you be able to go? Oh, Philip, I hope so. He has been cutting wood and making barrel staves for your father for some time now. Now, Philip, James Duncan wants to know what he should do about the cattle. What should I tell him? Oh, dear husband, I wish you would come home soon. The war cannot last much longer. I remain your affectionate wife, Mary Pringle.
4: August 20th, 1863. I am presently in New York City enforcing the draft and helping to restore order. The riots in opposition to the draft have been terrible. Hundreds have been killed, but they are still drafting four or five thousand every day. Forty thousand troops are encamped around the city, and if the rioters will commence again, there will be rough times. We marched from the Battery up to Broadway to Washington Square where we encamped. While we slept, our guards and pickets stayed awake
1: on duty as if we were in enemy country. We was mustered in for pay yesterday. When I get my money, I will send it home, and as soon as I can, I will get my picture taken. We will get our guns next week. Mary, I I think the war will not last long. If we get Charleston and a few more victories, the rebels will give up. I will be home on the 16th if I possibly can get off. Now, Mary, you must not let James Duncan destroy anything. If his cattle does destroy anything, do not pay him the money I owe him. He can be made to pay every cent the cattle destroy.
0: I received your welcome letter on Friday and was glad to hear that you were coming home. Oh, <laughs> I am so excited. Then you can attend Henry's party. Philip, Pa is going to commence to haul staves on Monday. Dill told father to haul them to the nearest place, to the creek. He said that was the agreement, but Pa says that he does not know of any agreement. Now, Philip, I want you to let me know whether you and him agreed on that to send them down the creek. Dear, I wish you were at home. How often have I wished for you at home? Now, dear husband, let me know whether you are going to Henry's or not, because if I go, I must have a new dress before I can go. Lucinda is getting her silk dress colored and is getting another one besides. She says she wants to show some respect for Henry's wife. She thinks she's better than other people because she's rich. I will not go among them so poorly dressed. I must close for this time. No more from your true and loving wife. Oh, I can hardly wait until I see you. Come home. Goodbye till next week.
1: Mary, I could not get off today. I had a furlough written, but the colonel did not sign it. And of course, I had to stay. You need not think hard of it. I was as badly disappointed as you were.
0: It is two months this day since you left home. Now, Philip, if you want me to get any relief money, you must get a certificate from your captain and send it right away, for Dill is going to Indiana to see about some of others' relief, and he told Pap that if I wrote to you, you would send it at once. He's going this week. I want you to tell me all about whether you want me to get relief money or not. I must take an oath that you are the only support I have. If that is the truth, I can take the oath without any fears about it. Philip, I have no way of making a living.
1: I am sorry to hear you have so much trouble with one thing or another, but you must try and do the best you can for yourself and the girls. Did you get Luella new shoes? Now, Mary, put your trust in God. He is able to help you out of all your troubles. Pray oft times to God to preserve you from all deceit and sin.
0: There was a very hard frost here last night. froze the potato stalks to the ground. I think we will dig our potatoes next week, the early ones at any rate. Now, dear husband, I hope you live a good life. I never go to bed without asking the Lord to preserve you and bring you back to your family again in safety. Oh, do not engage in anything bad, but I have no fears that you will. But I thought I would warn you.
2: Joseph Pringle to Philip W. Pringle. Dear Brother... I take my pen in hand at the present time to write you this letter. Times are very hard in regard to money matters. It is almost out of the question to get any money at all. We have some taxes to pay, and Lucinda requested me to write you in regard to that money which she loaned to you. She would like to have it if you can possibly raise it. Please let us know what you can do for us in the matter, for we must pay the taxes soon or suffer loss. Please accept our love and best wishes. Your brother, Joseph W. Pringle.
0: Dear Husband. I received two dollars in the last letter you sent me. I got Luella a nice new pair of shoes at Dill's. I told her they were a present from Pa. Now, Philip, I would like to send you some eatables. If you can get them to the station, I will send some sausages and and other things. Perhaps I will roast a turkey and send it to you.
1: This is a very bad night for me. I am on guard and it is raining and is as dark as can be and as muddy as it can be. It is shoe mouth deep all through camp. It is one of the worst places I have seen in my life. But it all goes in our lifetime. I see a good many folks here from the county west of the mountains. Some very hard nuts. There are some running off yet, but not as many as at first. There was about 400 deserted from camp since we are in here. In your last letter, you stated that the cow died. I suppose it wasn't your fault.
0: Oh, Philip. I wish you could come home Christmas to see us dill has nearly all your staves hauled away tell me whether this will settle up with him he says you owe him some money now philip i would like to know how we stand i was there at the store to get some flannel to make the children some skirts cunningham was so mean i could not get any for less than 80 cents half cotton and i would not give it things are getting dearer he charges 50 cents for muslin and not good at that and calico is 25 cents per yard Oh, this cruel war, and our prisoners are starving in Richmond.
1: Mary, I am well and in good spirits. Yesterday was one of the finest days I ever seen for the time of year, and Christmas was one nice day, and we had one of the finest dinners that could be heard of in all the country. We had as much as we could eat. Turkey, and chicken, and oysters, sweet cakes, and pound cakes, and pies, and apples, and muttons, and jellies, and canned fruit, and everything that could be mentioned. We have some turkey in our tent yet.
0: I received your letter on Sunday and was glad to hear from you, for I was almost crazy to hear from you. It was over two weeks that I did not hear from you. In the first place, I will tell you that Luella shows everyone her new little shoes and says, My papa sent them from the army. When she gets mad at me, she says she will go off with Pa to the army and fight rebels.
4: January 10th, 1864. The weather is very wet and cold here at present, but it is probably much colder up there. I suppose you would like to know how I spent my Christmas and New Year. I spent Christmas on guard, and on New Year I spent fasting. All I had was a small piece of fat pork for breakfast. I have not seen Dan Luke since the scrape of mine run. The Pennsylvania Reserve are doing railroad duty between here and Alexandria. Received a letter from Brother Henry and Brother Joseph this evening. They informed me that Uncle Paul was dead. I hope it was nothing serious. P.S. Please write and tell me all about your weather.
0: It is snowing fast this evening. Philip, I had no rest when I heard that you were sick. I'm very uneasy. You must get a pair of boots when you get paid. I will try and shift some money to get along. Now be sure and get what you need, for you have to stand out in the storm and we have our houses to be in. I was dreaming last night about scrubbing dirty houses. And that is not a good dream for me. This is the coldest winter I've ever seen. It is bitter cold here. It froze all the potatoes in the cellar. Every time I was awake last night, I thought of you, and, and that was often, for I slept cold. Now, dear husband, try and live right. Don't let any of those wicked people lead you astray.
1: I must tell you that I got them gloves and socks you sent me. I am glad. They are just right and came right good. We have some jolly times in camp these days. We have very good tents now, and everything is fixed nice in them. We live good and comfortable and agreeable together. We had a fine breakfast this morning, toasted bread. Mary, I wish you could be here with me today. There are a good many folks visiting in camp at present. If you come, bring about 12 of them Philadelphia newspapers along to paper our tent.
0: Sadie is very sick. Yesterday we thought that she would not live the night. I sent for John, and he came, and he said it was inflammation of the lungs. Him and I bathed her in a tub of warm water, and we got Jimmy to go for Mrs. Tomb. but he has not come home yet. He sent medicine, but the ice went away, and no person could get across the creek to get it. Oh, Philip, I wish you could come home. No person knows the trouble I had since you went to the army. This day, Sadie is one year old, Did you remember that day? Take good care of yourself and and pray for me and daughters. Right soon.
1: The president is going to call out one million of men, ages 20 to 60 on the 1st of February. They're going to go for three months to take the prisoners out of Richmond. Mary, I would like to see you here now. There are no smallpox in camp after all. The men that we thought had them, they have the measles only please, and let me know when you intend coming to see me, so that I can meet you at the station. And I want to get your picture taken. They can, they can take them nice now at this place. Yours as ever.
0: February 18th, 1864. Dear husband, this evening I seat myself with tearful eyes and aching heart to tell you about the death of our little Luella. She died on Monday morning between two and three o'clock. She had diphtheria. We'd done everything for her that we could, but nothing seemed to help her. No person cannot be more troubled or sorrow. As soon as she was dead, Pa went to get Jacob Sensbaugh to go and tell you or or telegraph for you. We did not bury her till on Wednesday evening. Your father thought you would surely come. I, I, I wrote to you, but you did not get the letter. I would have written sooner when she got so bad, but Pa and Sarah, they, they would not let me. They said she would get better. They could not believe that she, she would die. Oh, it, was, it was a solemn night for me. My heart aches for you. My sweet little Luella is no more, but but she is in heaven, where we may go someday. I, I will close for this time for I, I cannot write, I, I cannot see. Goodbye.
2: I embrace the present to write a few lines to you. I feel so sympathetic on account of the death of your dear little girl. Through the orders of Providence, it has been our lot to part with some of our loving babes. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Jesus said to her, Come home to me and live forever and happy be. Amen.
1: Loving wife, I feel so far from you at this time of sadness. Tell me when next you write, did you bury sweet Luella in her little shoes? But Mary, don't weep. Our beloved is happy with angels in heaven and is free from sorrow and pain. It is miserable here today. It turned in wet in the afternoon and very hard in the evening, and then rained all night. One squad of drafted men was sent off to the Potomac Army, to the front.
0: April 10th, I seat myself this morning to speak to you through the silent voice of the pen. You said you would get off when your nine months was up. You were drafted for only nine months. Philip, the time is up now. Oh, how glad I would be if I knew that you could come home. I don't see how people can live. Times are very hard. Things are getting dearer every day. Dear husband, it is so long to stay without you. I need you. I do not understand why you do not come home when your time is up.
1: We have a new commander in camp. General Copeland is removed on account of mismanagement. The conditions at camp have been terrible. More than 100 men have died here since January. We are tired of being so long at one place.
0: Philip, I did not get any relief money since the fall. Dill sent me word to come down last Saturday a week, but I could not get across the creek. It was very high, so I can't draw one cent. All this time I did not draw. It is hard on me for for things are so costly. Meat is 16 and one half cents per pound. I would not care, but we are so deep in debt. This way I can't save one cent. Oh, that this cruel war was over that has caused so much grief in our happy country. We got your photograph. Sadie was almost crazy. She kissed it more than one dozen of times. I believe she knows that it is you. I kissed your lips before I sat down to write, but they were cold as ice.
1: Mary, you wanted to know if I would be free again since my nine months would be up soon. I cannot tell you anything about it. It is rumored that we will be discharged before long, but it is only talk. Mary, my country needs me. If the war continues, I must serve my country and stay for one more year. Do not look for me home this spring.
0: Well, I had a letter from Martin last Saturday. He is not reenlisting and will come home the 1st of June. Just one more campaign yet. He is very well and in good spirits, and he sent his photograph to me. It is nice. He looks as he always did. I must tell you that another of our bees are dead, the old one of all. It's starved to death. I had not one drop of honey to eat.
1: Mary, we just got the news. We leave for the front in a few days. All the drafted men are sent to the front. We go to the 102 Regiment to Brandy Station, Virginia. We have to be ready at, to go at the word go. Our boys are all on a spree tonight. They are all very merry. Today is my birthday. I am 31 years of age.
0: Harrison Dilliger died last Wednesday in the 54th Regiment at Cumberland. His father went down and fetched him home and buried him in Jefferson. His father and mother take it very hard and lament their loss very much.
1: May 5th, I'm boxing up some old things to send home. Was out washing clothes and then cleaned up my gun, drew $26 pay and sent $22 home to you. We'll be sent to the front tomorrow at three o'clock. And so I bid you goodbye for a while. Be of good cheer, put your trust in God. Mary, I will write as soon as convenient. Give Sadie a kiss for me.
0: Oh, dear husband, how often I think of you. Sadie is sitting on my lap, and we are praying that you return home safe. My hand is shaking, so I I cannot write.
1: May 12th. It is hot here in Virginia. Our boat landed at Belle Plaine. Mary, was the first time I was on a steamboat to take a ride. We drew five days' rations and 60 rounds of cartridges and are marching towards Fredericksburg. There was a hard battle fought today. We could hear the roar of cannons all day. May 15th. We're in the front line of battle behind our rifle pits and we are ready to move at a moment's notice on the enemy. We're about two miles from Spotsylvania courthouse. I'm sending this by a wounded soldier. May 19th, camp near the front, Spotsylvania. Dear wife, I am alive yet for which I am thankful to God for his kindness to me. We was in a battle on the 18th and was shelled like 40. The shot and shell came almost as, as thick as a blinding snowstorm. There was some of the hardest of fighting done that was ever fought and our army was victorious. We took about a thousand prisoners and have Lee surrounded and will no doubt capture him and his army. Mary, I am well and in good spirits. We may have a battle at any moment. Brother Martin was wounded on the fifth of this month in the left shoulder by a mini ball. And the last I heard from him, he was in the hospital and doing well. But Dan Luke, is missing since the first battle, and suppose he is killed. Please write soon, and I will write when I can. And will write more if I am alive.
3: It is with pleasure that I inform you that I am still alive. I was captured on the 5th of May with 60 of my regiment. I am now a prisoner of war in Richmond. There are 400 in one brick house, and we are kept in close confinement. It is generally understood that there will be no mail sent north, Perhaps this will not reach you, but I will do my best by putting it in the mail. Do not be uneasy about me as I will take care of myself and if I am hurt, then it will be my duty. As ever, Dan W. Luke. June 5th, 1864,
1: Cold Harbor, Virginia. Mary, we are in a dangerous place. We made a charge up the rebel rifle pits and went through an awful shower of bullets. We have been under continual fire for four days. The bullets flew thick as hail. The ground was covered with dead and a great many wounded. One was shot in the neck and fell on me and made me all bloody. Some of the balls came very close to me and threw sand in my my face and my eyes. Shells burst so close, they made me almost deaf. At present, the bullets are flying thick and fast. Now, Mary, don't fret. God only knows if I will ever come home again, if I fall, do not mourn for me. Pray that we may meet again. If not in this world, we may meet in heaven.
2: June 15th, Martin Pringle Sr. to Philip W. Pringle. Dear son, I received your kind letter this evening and hope when this reaches you that it may find you well. And as you wanted to know about your brother Martin, there is sorrowful news. He was wounded at the field of the wilderness on the 5th of May and died on the 20th. Your brother Joseph went down and brought his body home and was buried on the 26th. He was buried beside his mother. He died in Washington Hospital. The chaplain and the men of the hospital told Joseph that they never seen a man die happier than he did. The day he died, he was singing and praying all the time and to tell his friends that they should meet him in heaven. He was wounded under the left shoulder and through one of his lungs and the bullet was cut out of his back. Joseph has the ball. It was a mini ball. And the last he done was singing when I can read my titles clear to mansions in the skies. And when he was about half through singing that hymn, he expired. Right soon from your dear father, Martin Pringle.
1: June 19th. Mary, we had a hard march. We traveled day and night and got no sleep for 36 hours at a time. We crossed the James River on pontoons below City Point. There was 104 pontoons, I counted them. We are now in the forest of Petersburg, Virginia. We can see Petersburg Plain. Our men are throwing shells into the town every 15 minutes. We was in another hard battle yesterday. Oh, but the bullets flew thick and the cannons roared. We had to hug the ground very close to keep from getting hit. I do not know how we did escape as we did. It was a miracle. In the evening, we buried the dead under a flag of truce. Dear wife, I mourn terribly for my beloved brother.
0: I was sorry to hear of Nicholas Cameron being killed. His mother takes it very hard. She wanted me to ask you if he died in the hospital. The chaplain wrote to them he died on the battlefield, but she said she would feel better satisfied if he died in the hospital. I have not heard from your father since Martin was buried. Poor Martin is no more in this world, but hope he is now singing. You and I will meet him someday with our sweet little one.
1: Mary President Lincoln is here visiting the front. We are now tearing up the Weldon Railroad and have destroyed about six or eight miles. We put the ties up on huge piles of fence and brush and then lay the rails on top and set fire to them. And the rails got hot and bent crooked, so they will be of no use anymore for the railroad. All the roads are cut, I believe, and I think the Reds will have some hungry bellies before long.
0: We had two swarms of bees this month. I think this is a good year for them. James Dill was drafted, but stayed at home and paid his money.
1: I'm sorry to tell you that I am not as well as I might be. I have the bowel complaint. I got my sickness by too much hard marching and exposure. I'm in the division hospital. It's a good place to stay and have no duty to do but eat and drink. I am getting rested pretty well.
0: Oh, the sorrow and pain it gave my heart to think that you, my dearest friend in this world, must be sick and so far away that I can't see you. Sometimes I think my heart will break.
1: Now, Mary, you must be content. Be cheerful. Sometimes it is impossible for me to write when we are on a move. You must not think hard of me for not writing. Letters are hard to send. I have no stamps anymore, so you will not think hard of me if I do not send this letter.
0: I heard yesterday evening that Alexander Irwin was wounded in the neck and the ball came out at his ear. What will his poor wife do? She will go crazy.
1: July 9th. You wanted to know if Nicholas Cameron died in the hospital. A man from his company told me that he was wounded in both legs and they carried him to the hospital. And there he died and was buried in the hospital graveyard. They was buried nice in rows. They told me that Nick was a brave soldier and they thought a great deal of him. Mary, you must not fret or trouble yourself about me. Be of good spirit, it would do me good to hear of you being lively and cheerful. You must not be downhearted at all. God loves a cheerful person.
0: <laughs> well, I have news to tell you. Elizabeth Campbell has a little girl. It belongs to an old, gray, bearded man that was going around telling fortunes. She denied it all the time. When she got sick to have it, they sent for a doctor thinking she was going to die. The doctor told Aunt Betsy she was going to have a baby and Liz said it was a lie and took her mother by the hand and said, as sure as there was a God in heaven, it was not so. Then when it was born, the doctor took it up and said, well, here's your child, do you believe it now? (laughs) She said she could not believe it yet. <laughs> oh, if ever you live to get home, I will tell you more about it.
1: I am not fit to march yet and will never be as strong as I was at one time. I am completely broke down and still have the dysentery, middling bad. Please send letters to City Point, Virginia, 6th Corps, ambulance train. I was Liz Campbell's little fortune teller.
0: Philip, I am well satisfied that you were in the hospital, for we hear they are fighting at Petersburg and am glad you were not in that fight. Write to me soon, for I can hardly wait. It is all the pleasure I have to write and read your letters. In one of the letters I wrote, I sent two stamps. I would have sent more, but I am out of money. But if you can't get stamps, let me know and I will borrow money and send you some stamps.
1: Mary, I have not got a letter from you for a month. I have written to you asking why you do not write to me. Have you forgotten me? What is wrong? I have written about twenty letters to you, and I have not received one. And yet why is it I cannot hear from home and, and friends anymore? Am I forsaken? I hope not. I feel like the lonely dove that has lost her mate. I, I feel to weep and moan. I do not hear from any of my friends. Oh, oh, How how I would like to hear from you!
0: Philip, you said you had not got any letters for four weeks. I am sure we wrote. I wrote, and father, and Charlotte. You must not think it hard what me not writing more. We had a good rain yesterday evening. The corn looks well. We have 150 head of sheep here of dills. We are going to keep 50, half for the lambs and half for the wool. Your little Sadie is out on the porch looking at the sheep. She sings about her papoos. She can talk a great many things and she can run about every place. Come home this fall if you can. Philip, you must try to be more cheerful.
1: Last night, our men took the Danville Railroad and 1,500 as prisoners and 3,000 head of cattle from the Rebs. Let me know how you are getting along for provisions. I cannot help you any at this time. I only have one cent to my name, and that one I am going to keep.
0: There is such good news here. Some of our prisoners have been released and Dan Luke has come home. I dreamed of you last night and this morning I feel some better. Oh, Philip, try and come home if you can. Oh, how glad I would be to see you.
1: We have orders today to destroy the South Side Railroad, to cut off all supplies and food to the Rebs in Petersburg. They are starving and a great many of them are deserting. They all say that they cannot stand it much longer. I was expecting to get paid this week but the paymaster did not come up yet. We are looking for him every day. We
0: heard that Uncle John Pringle has deserted, and I think that is the case.
2: Joseph W. Pringle, Sickles Barracks Hospital, Alexandria, Virginia. I have seen some pretty hard times since I joined the Army. My right leg is considerably paralyzed, and I feel it will prove a serious impediment to me. Dear brother, I was captured by Mosby's guerrillas and was robbed of all valuables I had. Even my pantaloons were taken. I was wounded at the time and was allowed to escape. The news from our army is good. The rebellion is on its last legs and slavery is doomed.
1: March 15th, 1865. We are under marching orders to attack. We have Petersburg surrounded. Now, Mary, I wrote to you better than two weeks ago, but I have not received an answer to it yet. The mail was robbed and there was a great deal of money taken. They blamed the mail carrier for it and they have him under arrest. They found a great many letters torn open and thrown away. Some lost $100, some $200, someone even 900 I would like to find out if you got that letter. The Rebs are not fighting with their usual courage, Mary. Many are willing to be captured.
0: I think Sadie has forgotten you. She calls her grandpap Pa. She hears us calling him Pap, and she calls him Pap too. Uncle John had his trial. He was found guilty of desertion. His sentence is one year's service in the front.
1: March 31st terrible attack by the enemy near Five Forks, but the heroic Sheridan and Chamberlain smashed them to pieces. Hundreds of them were wounded and killed. Bullets were flying thick, but we beat them back. We join forces with Sheridan's army today, and we'll make sure the fur fly. Mary, I have a feeling the battle will be dangerous, and so I say goodbye for a while, and perhaps for a long while.
0: May God grant that you are living and that you will get home soon to your family and friends. I pray every day for my husband and I trust my poor, weak prayers will be heard and answered. Write as often as you can, for I can hardly wait till I hear from you, but I am afraid to hear the news. (sighs) Shall I ever see you and hold you in my arms again? Goodbye.
1: April 2nd. This is an awful day of terror and bloodshed. I have never seen such terrible bombardment in battle. We are on a final assault to drive the enemy out. Mary, the battle is raging and we are in a desperate struggle to capture their forts and guns. There must be thousands wounded and dead on both sides. Our entire line is now stretched around Petersburg. Our troops are beginning to tear up the South Side Railroad. It is just a matter of time before Petersburg falls.
0: I have a terrible feeling that you are hurt. Perhaps I am writing to you and you are not living. I can hardly sit to write. All the consolation I have is to trust in God till I get a letter from you. Mary,
1: we took Petersburg Sunday, but I had a very narrow escape. I was shot in the back. The bullet passed through my haversack and through two tin plates and hard tack and lodged against my back. I thought my back was broke, but it only made a blue spot. I was never under so heavy a fire of shell and grape and canisters in all my life. The news here is extremely good. We have Richmond, and we have the Rebs in a trap.
0: I can't tell you my feelings this evening. There is good news from the army, but I can't rejoice till I hear if my husband is living. Then I can to think that the war will soon be over, that you can come home.
1: Richmond is in flames, and the air is thick with cinders of burnt paper and clothing flying in the wind. We are chasing Lee's retreating army. The road is strewn with dead horses and mules, wagons, ambulances, abandoned guns, food, and equipment. The rebels are defecting by the thousands.
0: It is a lonesome evening for me, and I am here writing to my dear husband. Now I pray the Lord to watch over you and bring you home safe. There will surely be some that will be spared. Go out of that few. Let my husband be one of them.
1: April 10th, 1865. Dear and beloved wife... I must tell you the glorious news of the surrender of General Lee's army. He surrendered at four o'clock yesterday at Appomattox Courthouse, unconditionally all of his forces. Oh, you ought to have been here to hear the the cheers and salutes and the joyful roar of shouts from our army, like, like an anthem to God. We had Lee surrounded, and then they had to give up. We have been marching day and night for eight days, driving and fighting the enemy all the while. They could not stand before us. I think there will be no fighting anymore. Mary, I am spared. I think God heard your prayers, Mary, and spared me. The boys are all in great spirits. We divided up our rations and shared them with the starving enemy.
0: April 16th, 1865. Dear and loving husband, this Sabbath day, I take up my pen to answer your letter, which I received this week and was truly glad to hear that you have been preserved through all the battles. But I feel sorry and sad today. We got the news yesterday evening that Lincoln was shot on Friday night and died on Saturday morning at seven. Daniel was in Evansburg when the news came to town and it was confirmed, so it must be true. I wonder what this world will come to. I was in good heart when I heard that you were safe and Richmond was taken, that the war would soon be over. But some mean wretch had to go and shoot President Lincoln. That man will get his reward. The Lord will not let that man go unpunished. Dan said that if any man tells him it was good for Lincoln, he will shoot him dead.
1: May 3rd, dear wife, I could not help but weep when I heard the sad news of the President's death. I was as much grieved as though it had been my own brother. Oh, what a gloom and sadness over all the nation. It is the awfulest thing that has ever happened in America. We're at Danville yet. We may have to stay for some time yet and the men are getting impatient. There's a large graveyard close to our camp filled with our soldiers that starved in prison. About 5,000 and a great many Rebs are buried in the same yard. I will send you some Confederate money.
0: Dear husband, the war is over. I look for you every day. Where are you? Every person is coming home. David Pringle is discharged. I had a letter from him. He wanted to know why you were not here. Uncle John Pringle is at home and is going to move to Ohio. I am so troubled that I do not hear from you. Sadie says her pa will fetch her candy when he comes home.
1: Mary, I do not know what to do. I feel so despondent. I have seen no sight as yet for us to get out of the service. But I do not care. I do not care much if I will not get out soon. If I get out now, the season will be over for getting work. Just so I get home in time to get a winter's job. They use us very mean, I think. But let them do as they may. We will get home at any rate. By law, they cannot hold us any longer now that the war is over.
0: Once more, it was over one month since I heard from you. I guess you had forgot you had a wife that cares for you. What is the matter with you? You think I don't write, but that is not the case. If you but knew how much trouble you give me by not writing, you would write oftener than you do. I did not know what to do or what to think. Last night, I dreamed about you all night. I have dreamed so much about you coming home and could see you so plain and talk to you. But in the morning when I wake up, it is all over. I have been looking for you all week. You talked just like you did not care if you come home or not. What is the reason? I cannot tell. Soldier, come home. Quick.
1: July 1st, Washington, DC. Dear wife, I am happy to inform you that I am on my way home. I have my papers and transportation, and I'm going to start this evening. I will be there in good time. Mary, do not worry. I know I have been absent for a long time, but now I will be your constant companion, shielding you and Sadie as best I can from the storms of life. No more, but remain yours as ever, Philip. W. Pringle.